This is Radio Taiwan International. Thank you for joining us here on Radio Taiwan International. As you've heard from our former English host, Charlie Storer, I'm your host this hour, Leslie Liao, and uh, we've got some great features for you coming up next, which is uh, Newsmakers, written by our very own, written and recorded by our very own Tomasz Koper. And then we also have uh, In the Spotlight, which is Shirley show. But we're going to start off like we always do with Here in Taiwan. Welcome to the show here in Taiwan, where today we're talking about a little more casual news. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, well then today is Wednesday, March 2nd. But if you're listening on shortwave, then today is Thursday, March 3rd. Like I said, I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Joining me is, as he always does on Wednesdays, Mr. Tomasz Koper. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Tomasz? It's been going pretty good. It's been going. Uh, like I said, do, you wanna, do we have any idea what we're doing for newsmakers in the next hour? Uh, I, I do, yes. We're going to be talking about the Transitional Justice Commission. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Actually, um, I, it's, I, uh, <laughs> it's going away, so uh, it's at the end of this month, so it's uh, I think it's a good opportunity. Oh, it's to, going away? Yes. yes I did it, not know that. It, uh, the responsibilities will um, move to a different body. Uh, if you want to know more, All tune right. in later. Or, well, if you're joining us through shortwave, then right after this. Yeah, tra- trans- Transitional Justice kind of a controversial topic in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we move on to newsmakers, we're going to be talking about a few things today. Number one is, um, well, Taiwan is facing a population decline. It's got one of the worst birth rates in the world. And yep. I have no compunction about using that word, worst birth rate <laughs> in the world. Uh, and in order to help combat, combat that, the biggest city in Taiwan, Taipei, is offering cash prizes to newlyweds, though I don't know exactly how marriage will fix uh, population issues. Next up is uh, Taiwan relaxes five categories of COVID restrictions, and if you're watching on our uh, sh- uh, what's it called, our Facebook live feed, you'll see that Tomas and I have taken off our masks, and that is part of the relaxation of restrictions. Yes. And the last one is I'm going to be telling you about what it's it like to uh, rent office space in Taiwan's tallest building, Taipei 101. Uh, there's a number of reasons, and. The- I don't know if the number is pretty good for international standards, pretty low, pretty high, but in Taipei at least, it's they're saying it's horrendously high. And I guess, you know, much is the case for a skyscraper. Well, our international viewers might be able to chime in and tell us, put this into context, tell us if it's really that expensive or maybe New York is cheaper. Nice. <laughs> I love it when it happens. <laughs> Alright, so like I said, uh, Taiwan is facing a huge population decline. I think in 2020, that was the first time Taiwan booked a net negative population growth, which is not good, even though we're, we're living in a time where uh, overpopulation seems to be a concern. Uh, in Taipei, at least, it's just like, or, or in Taiwan, at least, it's just getting like, uh-oh. People, people are going, uh-oh. Yeah, it is uh-oh territory yeah. already. Uh, so what's going on, Tomash? What's uh, what's Taipei doing? Uh, well, Taipei is now offering cash prizes uh, or a chance to win cash prizes for all uh, newlyweds, all people who decide to register mm. as married. Um, 
when this year um actually from starting from january 1st all the way until december 31st and you're already married huh? i'm already married unfortunately, yeah unfortunately well, so maybe much. i can get a quick divorce and then remarry yeah just, just you make the case to your wife i wonder if people are going to be doing that um but um well let's see if it's worth it first uh apparently there are three tiers of prizes um every month mm. uh, about uh, f or exactly 50,000 nt will be drawn uh which is um about 1500 us dollars okay yeah. um I'm, I'm gonna trust you on this um then a hundred thousand every quarter uh so oh, that's wow. gonna be three thousand and two hundred thousand so six thousand us dollars uh every or once a year so so only once. could you theoretically win 50 150 three, three, i don't know the article doesn't say if uh, you can uh enter more than once okay as in it, once you win you probably are not included in the next draw you know we talk about how people might game the game the system and i was just talking about a joke when i said you maybe you should enter but we do live in Taiwan where people change their legal name to get a free meal. That's right. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about Salmon Chaos, which I covered in, a cop uh, in an episode of Hashtag Taiwan, I think last year. And there was a popular sushi chain in Taiwan that offered people free meals if they had the name, if they have the words for salmon in their name. Yeah. And uh, people went and changed their names and... I think there were triple digit people who did that. Mm -hmm. And this was over a weekend and for there was free sushi. Yeah. For free sushi. Like at a certain point, can't you just admit you can't afford it? Uh, I mean, also the chain that offered it isn't really that expensive to begin with. Yeah. I mean, and salmon in Taiwan is relatively cheap. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the cheapest of the sushi options. I, I and I'm uh, guessing well, that's no, what, not the cheapest, but yeah, one of the cheapest. I think fi as far options. as fish goes, it's one of the cheapest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you also have the eggs and the, but I don't count that as sushi. Yeah, I, true. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I am worried how people might game this system uh, if this get, if this story gets a little more PR. At least some people, because well, going back to the sushi story, I know that there was a person who kept adding characters to his name. Yeah, and his name ended up being like too long to fit on an id 66 characters 66 i think characters and yeah. then they had to like the poor person down at the registration office they had to write his name in by hand because <laughs> they're just like we, the system can only take however many and you're asking and then i was just like at a certain point you have to cut that off dude you're just like you, you, you can't do that man well i think the person in question was a performance artist so it's and it's not like he was like just you know crazy for, oh is he, was he uh, i i vaguely recall okay um that was the case kind of bringing attention to the whole issue of you know people gaming the system like this yeah uh or at least i hope that i remember correctly and that person was in fact a performance artist if not then god before that like one week before i did that story in hashtag taiwan i remember that there was a taxi driver who had who changed his name and he did it for like 30 characters because uh that's one of the things in, in Taiwanese culture is that if you feel like you're having bad luck, well, you got to, it's the name, your name is the problem and you have to change your name. I know people who've changed their names to in, a, in essentially try and change their luck. I don't actually have a problem with people changing their names. I, I have a friend who really disliked her last name yeah. because it was, it sounded kind of silly in mm -hmm. Polish and she was, uh, 
semi or is a, a semi public figure in the fact that her name appears in print mm-hmm. uh, as a as she's a very successful and very um, in demand translator of literature. Oh, so she didn't want her yeah. silly sounding name on every single book. That, that makes translates. sense. Uh, so one, she changed her name. One yeah. thing about Sam and Chaos is that t- in Taiwan you can only legally change your name three times. Mm. So people who want to change their name back after changing the name to Salmon, uh, some people found out that they couldn't. And I don't know if there, if people are still out there like putzing around with the name, with Salmon, Salmon. in their name. Uh, it certainly may be the case if there have been no developments in that change. But then again, this is I'm trying to illustrate that there has been blowback mm-hmm. with this, with a scheme like this. And I wonder what the blowback would be if, like in this case, like, is there a limit on marriage and divorce in Taiwan? Like, are there rules in place that might get in, in the way of that? Not that I've heard of. Mm. Um, I know that getting a divorce, much like getting married in Taiwan, is a unless there's conflict and unless you know mediation or even legal proceedings are necessary, you can basically go and sign the document and you're done. Yeah, guys. Uh, with like with any scheme to encourage people to do something. Do it in good faith. Like, yes. do do it in good faith because uh, you never know what kind of consequences are around well, the corner. Well, you're still unmarried. Yes. Uh, is this enough to convince you to get married? And yeah. I know you just said you just admitted to your uh, lack of understanding of how babies are, are yeah. brought about <laughs> to the that's world. That's what I like, said. I don't know how, that's what I how said marriage verbatim. and babies are connected. Involved, well, right? When a mommy meets a daddy <laughs> and they really love each other... <laughs> There's a there's a giant bird involved, right? He comes down the chimney. Stick around for the uh, post-show show where we explain how babies are made. Watch me as I get my mind blown. <laughs> All right, so today is March 2nd. Uh, well, if you're listening during... Whatchamacallit? If you're listening on... Shortwave. Shortwave. Today is March 3rd. And that means you're in the second day of Taiwan relaxing mask restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, because March 1st was when uh, mask restrictions were rolled back. Now, this isn't the first time that the mask restrictions have been uh, rolled back. Actually, if you followed us, Taiwan has actually been flip-flopping between the two because uh, they really watched the situation with COVID-19. And then they kind of evaluate, okay, well, do we need tighten mask restrictions now? Can we roll them back? And I think this kind of song and dance has happened maybe twice now. And I, for one, am I welcome these rules because uh, one of the restrictions was you had to wear masks when you were exercising. Yes. And that was such a pain. I had to develop... I was spending a lot of money on masks, and mm-hmm. I had to develop a system to like make sure that I was being I was able to breathe while still at the gym uh and one trip to the gym would cost me around three masks Mm, and i had to get a very certain type of mask and it was costing me 60 cents every time extra to go to the gym in Mm -hmm. masks uh because i'd have to switch one out before in and out well i gained the system again and i just didn't exercise Uh, at home i did exercise i didn't exercise outside i have a treadmill and uh so i didn't have to actually that's the dream man that's the dream if i can oh yeah i I well, not that I can afford a nice treadmill like I do have. I got it as a gift from my parents-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they were trying to tell me something. 
<laughs> but it's been very useful because uh yeah i i really like walking um this is like low intensity cardio is yeah. my form of exercise and um i do like going outside and having a nice walk i live in a nice uh in a neighborhood that has a very nice park along yeah. the riverside that's great but with the masks uh, I I still prefer to stay at home um, and and just use the treadmill. And I and I'm gonna agree with you. But um, extra masking while exercising is mm-hmm. just one of the things that got rolled back. So there are a total of five, right? Yes, so, five categories of restrictions that got relaxed, mm-hmm. and masks are one of them. So there are uh, situations when masks can be removed, and those include uh, indoor and outdoor sports. Okay, so exercise that. Uh, taking individual group photos indoors or outdoors, um, which again we we've seen that before. Yeah, uh, we've seen that loophole around Christmas. I I remember we were all like taking masks off, like oh because we're taking a selfie now, so yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. do that. Um, uh, driving with household family members. So if you're in a car with someone that you live with, then you don't have to put on a mask, which was kind of silly to begin with. Yeah, um, and what is of most concern to us live individual group broadcasts uh, individual slash group uh, video recordings show hosting reporting speeches lectures and interactions during film production that's why we're coming to mm-hmm. you maskless today baby. we still have this puppy right here uh, just which to is make a separator sure. yeah. just to make it extra safe but yes we can now legally take our masks off uh, when we are doing this show for you okay um num- the second um category is visitations in hospitals mm-hmm. uh, so Family members or friends can now visit um, their friends or relatives that who are in hospitals. Um, that is very important. Um, transportation is the next big category. Uh, eating and drinking will be allowed again on um, uh, high-speed rail or regular rail, uh, intercity buses, ferries, and domestic flights. Intercity buses? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, wait, I was just like... So, yeah. like, the long-distance like, yeah, yeah. coaches, basically. I was like, you can't eat on city buses to begin with no, anyway. No, 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 no. Intercity. Yeah, yeah, okay, good call. Yeah. Uh, and the next one? Uh, tasting and toasting. So, stores, supermarkets, and markets uh, are no longer required to impose crowd control, and mm. food sampling uh, can resume oh, in, nice. in venues like that. Um, so, yeah, you can get that piece of free cheese at a supermarket whenever they I'm have going a tasting to the grocery store later. <laughs> And then also you can remove your masks when you're toasting uh, at dinner venues, uh, but uh, dining venues must have a a real name registration system Mm. so that if you do get infected, they can um, sort of trace you uh, back to where you are and um, tell you to go into quarantine. Mm -hmm. And then finally, border controls. Uh, So this is a complex issue because um, there are very detailed procedures so if you are arriving to taiwan don't just base your plans on what we say here but do check the details we're just going to kind of breeze through it um so yeah do check relevant website cecc the central epidemic command center being the first one you should visit um but starting march 1st foreigners will be uh, allowed to enter taiwan for um uh, assisted repro- reproductive procedures, yep. hospital care for cancer, and critically ill patients, and visiting relatives, uh, which was uh, until recently impossible because no foreigners without a residence permit could enter Taiwan. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, and if you didn't know, Taiwan is actually, they, they've actually said, health authorities have said, they want to open Taiwan up to tourism in quarter in, three of this yeah, year. I've heard that as which well. Which is uh, after June. Which Hopefully. Is, uh, I mean, 
I've had uh, a lot of friends tell me that they would love to visit Taiwan yeah. um, as soon as the ban on uh, tourists was lifted. Same here, same here. I've been talking Taiwan up a lot uh, over over the past few months, uh, and people can see that Taiwan has been dealing with the COVID pandemic pretty well, and um, they really want to visit. They want to come check to, it out. To, yeah, to go somewhere where things are... Uh, slightly less crazy. Yeah. So, um, and then from March seventh, before the the ban is lifted, uh, quarantine will be shortened in Taiwan from fourteen to ten days. Right. And uh, the reason they're doing that is because they say, I think they did some examination. And they were saying ninety nine percent of the cases happen within ten days. Right. So uh, this is because of the new variant. Mm. Uh, with uh, previous variants, the alpha especially, the incubation period was longer and longer quarantines were necessary. Now with Omicron, the it, it spreads faster, but also the onset of symptoms happens sooner. So you can actually find out if someone's been infected or not um, relatively quickly. Relatively quickly. Gotcha. Yeah. So we might see quarantine shortened even further. All uh, right. Soon enough. And that is uh, the latest with the uh, the restriction rollbacks, which is, like I said, I'm just glad I don't have to wear a mask and run anymore, man. That was painful. But then again, now when I now that I go back, I'm I'm I'm, I'm having a better time. I'm not yeah, like, I mean, actively. It, it's kind of like you know training while you're wearing weights yeah, yeah, on yeah, your yeah. wrists and ankles. It's like exactly then you take is. them off and you can fly, right? Yeah. And then. Same with masks. Like, now, now you're gonna breathe all the air. I can breathe. I just, I'm, I'm so obnoxious. Go, <laughs> suck up all the oxygen from the room. <laughs> Making people nervous. And you see just other like, weightlifters just like collapse on the benches. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. So I got some latest figures from Taipei's, or I guess I want to say Taiwan's most iconic, one of the most iconic buildings, definitely the tallest building in Taiwan, a Taipei. 101 and um taipei 101 is like a five the first five stories are mall is a mall mm -hmm. and yeah. then you have like restaurants on like the 85th floor and above and then you also have like the observation deck yes. most, around 95 yeah. or something most everything in between that though is going to be office space and uh, it's premium office space actually mm. uh, i think Google is Google's office in Taiwan. They they operate something in Taipei 101. They used to. They used to. Mm -hmm. They moved. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. Where they moved to? Um, uh, somewhere in Xindian. Oh wow! Whoa! Yeah. Uh, so you know how they bought HTC oh, some yeah, time yeah, ago? Yeah. yeah. So they they bought it with the building oh. um, that the phone division was uh, based in, and they just sort of moved. They're just all of like their we got there, our own yeah. uh, compound now. Yeah. So and it's not like Google has trouble with money right well if anyone could afford the taipei 101 prices it was google it was google speaking I of how expensive is it to rent an office exactly so they said there, there's some new uh information out from a a per uh, a company that leased the 80th floor of taipei 101 and you're mm -hmm. guess i'm guessing 80th floor is pretty does it does it go up in price the higher you are? I'm I'm guessing right because the view is better. But then I mean again, that would the be the case in most buildings. Yeah. But I don't know. Like over a certain limit, it just becomes a hassle to like get all the up, way all up. the way up there. Yeah, yeah. Every time you have to like go down get a drink from a Seven Eleven or something. Yeah. Like you have to go down eighty floors. Actually. So I would say like it should kind of go up until until a, a certain floor and then start going down again because it's kind of not worth it. The way Taipei 101 works is interesting because on the 36th floor there's a central like hub, mm -hmm. and that hub is to connect 
switch elevators. Yeah, switch elevators. But at the same time, there's also uh, grocery stores down there, mm-hmm. amenities like Starbucks and. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that way you have don't you have to been? go all the way down. I've been there once, and that uh-huh. was because I was visiting the German representative office, which operates in there. I used to uh, be there okay. all the time. So for what? Uh, for work. Oh, nice. I'm connected. More oh, wow. Than you Tomas, you are uh, high society, huh? Okay, so let's go back to this uh, matter at hand. 80th floor, last December, rented out. And in Taiwan, there is a unit of measurement called a ping. It's a, me- it's a measurement of area. And it's very, it's, I want to say exclusive to Taiwan, but I think Jap- Japan also uses it. And the ping is about 3.3 square meters. Mm-hmm. Which is around uh, how many feet, uh, square feet per bald eagle for our American uh, listeners? Yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw square feet. How many foot. yeehaws per square footage? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so they they sold, they rented out monthly for uh, 1.45 million New Taiwan dollars. 1.45 per ping. No, no, no. no. So, so for the for, oh for the month. Whole yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, God. it's five thousand. It's five grand per ping. So it's 150 US dollars to rent per month per ping. Mm-hmm. And um, this is actually the highest it's ever been uh, for Taipei 101. And if you think about it, if you're just like, is that a lot? Well, there's 101 floors to this building. Mm-hmm. So 100, like we take the average. It's let's say it's a million. You're you're raking in. Uh, oh, quick math, man! Help me out here. Hundred million, hundred million a oh, month. A uh, hundred million a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then what? Times twelve months. Yeah. Or? So it's like that's over a billion, billion a year. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying this is the highest price that it's ever been rented at. Uh, and the reason for this is because, well, a lot of businesses are looking to expand in Taiwan. And if you've been following a lot of news stories, well, beginning with maybe, you know, former President Donald Trump's trade war with China. He pushed out a lot of, um, I guess, companies from mm-hmm. China. And then uh, when they were looking to relocate, a lot of places chose Taiwan. Which was only a part of the problem. Also, you have to remember that uh, China at the same time was introducing um, ever more restrictive uh, regulation yeah. for uh, foreign businesses operating in China, yeah, forced yeah. technology transfers and so on and so forth. So China has been becoming less and less attractive for foreign investors for a while. Yeah. And uh, this is actually taking place. Uh, Taipei 101 is situated in downtown, in a downtown area of Taipei called Xingyi area, mm-hmm. and that place already has some of the most notorious, like, and I and I mean notorious, like mm-hmm. housing prices. Yes, because Taipei's real estate market is like ever expanding. Uh, in prices, in not prices, in capacity. Not in That's capacity. A very important distinction. So it broke the five thousand per ping mark, which is pretty impressive because in twenty eighteen, there's another menagerie of skyscrapers down there that never really broke five, the five grand mark. Mm-hmm. They always they were, you know flirted around the four six, four five, never five grand. And um, they're saying that this is a trend for Taipei one hundred one because over the past five years, rent at Taipei one hundred one has grown. 30 percent mm-hmm. which is i mean 30 percent of a, an astronomical amount of money is going to be more than 30 percent of not so astronomical right well i mean yeah if you're if you've been renting an apartment yeah. uh in in taipei like uh, i am doing and i are you renting or are you owning i own oh I, well, well I, then i uh for us plebeians but i'm, uh, I'm sorry i own because i still Live with my father. Uh, uh, live with my dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, so I I don't live in a very cheap neighborhood. No, in you, Taipei. But you have a very nice place. Yeah, and I, I do have a very nice place, and I I pay around 
700 per ping or uh, 790 maybe maybe i would have to do quick math plus i also don't want to really say how much i'm paying yeah. for my whole apartment if you octuple your checks. income you can move into taipei 101 yeah man. exactly um anyway yeah so that's gonna be uh if you guys out there are looking to expand your business operations to Taiwan for your consideration that was the latest figure rent figures yes from Taipei 101 the although you might want to do what Google even Google is doing and just and buy up by moving to move to a cheaper space move to a cheaper space uh, anyway that's about all the time we have for this edition of here in Taiwan we hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Tomas and I ramble about you know skyscrapers and the COVID restrictions and what was our other story? Uh, newlyweds. Newlyweds. Oh, so stick around for uh, the post-show show where we explain, Leslie, how uh, kids come about. I'm still so very curious. <laughs> anyway, that's all about all the time we have. Thank you, guys. Uh, and for here in Taiwan, I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Tomas Koper. We'll talk to you again soon. If you're on Facebook, stick around for post-show. Newsmakers, a look at Taiwan's movers and shakers. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Newsmakers. In today's episode, I want to present to you an independent government organization in Taiwan, which aims to redress injustices, uncover past crimes, and remove symbols of oppression. And no, I'm not talking about the Avengers or the Justice League, but the very real and not at all superhero-like Transitional Justice Commission. The commission was in the headlines in Taiwan this week in relation to Taiwan's 228 Peace Memorial Day, which is a national holiday falling on February 28th every year. It is a day of remembrance for a massacre of civilians that began on that day in 1947. The KMT-led government brutally suppressed protests against corrupt conduct of state officials, which included arbitrary seizure of private property and exclusion from political participation. It is estimated that between 18,000 and 28,000 Taiwanese lost their lives at the hands of the authorities over weeks of protests. The incident marked the beginning of white terror, a period of time which lasted until the late 1980s during which the KMT's authoritarian government brutally suppressed the dissent as well as tortured and executed political opponents. For years, the topic of the February 28 massacre as well as the white terror was taboo in Taiwan. President Li Denghui was the first leader to discuss the matter publicly on its anniversary in 1995. Two years later, the occasion was celebrated as a national day for the first time. Monuments and memorials to the massacre have been erected all across Taiwan, a major park in Taipei was renamed 228 Peace Memorial Park, and a museum dedicated to the matter opened to the public. However, much like with similar atrocities elsewhere in the world, especially those within living memory, monuments and parks alone are not enough to deal with past pain and collective trauma. 
Countries like South Korea and Germany established dedicated bodies tasked with maintaining historical records of problematic periods in history, as well as providing recommendations for changes and even legal prosecution of parties found to have committed crimes against humanity. That is the role the Transitional Justice Commission plays in Taiwan. It was established in May 2018 as an independent government agency. Its purpose has been to make political archives available and more accessible to the public, recommend removal of authoritarian symbols like street names and statues, exonerating past political convictions, and producing reports on the history of the period between August 15, 1945 and November 6, 1992. Why those two dates? Well, the former is the day on which Japanese Emperor Hirohito broadcast Japan's unconditional surrender to Allied forces, ending World War II in the Pacific. As part of the peace settlement, Taiwan was ceded from Japan, which had ruled over Taiwan since 1895, and taken over by the then-KMT-led government of China. Remember, this was before the KMT lost the Chinese Civil War to the Chinese Communists. The latter of the dates is the day President Li Denghui, himself a KMT member, ended the so-called temporary provisions against the Communist Rebellion, a legal act which enabled the authoritarian government of Taiwan to maintain a state of martial law in the country from 1949, when it fled from China, until 1987. Unsurprisingly, the commission has been, from the very beginning, opposed by the KMT, which was, at the time, and still is, Taiwan's largest opposition party. It didn't help matters that shortly after the body's formation, the vice chairperson, Zhang Tianqin, was recorded during an internal meeting, naming a political opponent as a potential subject of investigation. During that conversation, one of the researchers compared the committee to the so-called Eastern Bureau, a Ming Dynasty espionage and secret police agency. Zhang resigned from his post a day after the recording of the meeting was leaked to the press, followed a month later by the chairperson. A new head was chosen for the body and former Vice Chairman Zhang was eventually impeached the following year. Despite the rocky start, the commission did contribute to redressing some of the wrongs of Taiwan's authoritarian past. A total of 5,837 people who had been convicted of political crimes during the White Terror have since been exonerated as a result of the commission's recommendations. Unfortunately, some of those exonerations came posthumously. The commission also played an important role in declassifying and sharing government documents relating to a number of incidents during the White Terror. In a 2020 report, the commission asserted that intelligence agencies were most likely responsible for a brutal multiple murder of a dissident's family in 1980, known as the Lin family massacre, and the murder of another dissident, Chen Wenteng, in 1981. Shortly after the report, President Tsai Ing-wen ordered relevant documents held by the National Security Bureau to be declassified. The documents supported the commission report's conclusions. Other documents revealed close relationships between the KMT and organized crime during the martial law, as well as the magnitude of KMT's surveillance apparatus, which operated as late as the year 2000, when the first non-KMT president, Chen Shui-bian, was elected to office. The commission has also made recommendations regarding the removal of symbols of the authoritarian era. That includes the honor guard at the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall in Taipei, renaming roads and parks, and removing statues of Jiang. Although many statues have been removed and names changed, some still remain, awaiting their turn.
During this year's Peace Memorial Day ceremony, President Tsai said that the Transitional Justice Commission would issue its final report in May this year. The body was originally set up to be a temporary measure, and Taiwan's cabinet will take over the responsibilities of promoting transitional justice and human rights by establishing a transitional justice board to coordinate tasks between different government agencies. The president also said that her administration would continue to promote the transformation of the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall, one of the most prominent and recognizable symbols of Taiwan's authoritarian past. That brings us to the end of this edition of Newsmakers. Join me next week for another look at Taiwan's movers and shakers. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Joan Lin is a physical therapist who got part of a higher education in Sweden. When she came back, she knew she wanted to focus on the issues of aging and health. As much as she really wants to promote the aging policies they have in Sweden, in Taiwan, she finds that it's difficult because of cultural differences. In Sweden, they teach people to learn about themselves, to start having personal interests or hobbies or bucket lists at an early age, so that when they grow old, they can be independent and know how to deal with loneliness and not rely on their children or others. Today, Joan will touch on how the old people she knows in Taiwan wish that they had started their bucket lists earlier. Yeah, yeah. and also my student told me that they wish they did this like when they are younger. <laughs> yeah. They don't just think about families and work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's good that they yeah. realize that. Yeah. So I hope that this message gets out that people really start early to yeah. you know find your own hobbies, your interests. Mm. Start start your on your interests you know early on you know yeah. not wait until you're old you can't move you know things like mm. that and True. and also thinking that anything is possible, mm. like don't ever think that anything is too difficult for you to do. Right. No. Yeah. Just don't think that you are too old for that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. 
I think Taiwanese people tend to have a negative connotation about that, thinking that <laughs> oh, I have to complete some things before I die. But that's not the idea. It's basically just being able to accomplish some of your dreams. Yeah. So before, you don't regret. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't. You know. You know. Yeah. Have regrets. Yeah. Um. I remember going to a restaurant, and they were in the uh, in the table next to us was like just a four like older like almost grandpas. Ah. Uh. And we're just guessing that they meet there regularly for lunch, yeah. and um, maybe their wives have all passed away, but they still meet together and they still eat together. They're like seventy or maybe eighty, you know, mm. and they're like eating together, which is great. You yeah, know, it's a very heartwarming great. scene to see that. I, I hope to see more of that. So yeah, sure. I think they do realize that. Never so as too a late. as a physical therapist, though, are these Students of yours,、mm. okay. Well, you call them students. You call、Or、them patients. patients? Yeah.、Um, <laughs> they come to you because why? They are like overdoing their exercising. They're they they get hurt easily because I think yeah, I'm assuming that what your work is is、yeah. like after they hurt themselves,、yeah. then they come to you. Yeah. Some of them are like some of them like they have shoulder pain or like. Uh, back pains, so they come to me, and so I teach them exercise and I help I treat them. And some of them they are、uh, have lymph edema,、mm. so they after like cancer or、uh, after the chemotherapies or radiotherapies they have some edema.、Uh, and I edema that's、um, an inflammation, right?、Uh, is it is it some kind of inflammation, right? 发炎 Yeah, and sometimes it's because they because of the, the surgery they take out、oh. some like lymph nodes, like、oh, okay. some lymph、uh, out of their body. So,、uh, so they have lymphedema because the pathway is blocked. Oh, okay.、Yeah. Mm. All right.、Um, apparently, you actually live in Gaoshan, but、yeah. you come up to Taipei like once a month or something. Yeah, once a month. So because you do still have some patients or students here in Taipei. Yeah. And so you actually just meet them once a month, yeah. Because、um, you kind of give them a routine; they do it, and then the next time when you come up, you know, maybe you need to make adjustments to their routine, yeah. Right. As a physical therapist, you teach people things so they can do on their own. Yeah, they don't I, rely on you. No, I、oh. think this is the most important part because we want them to heal themselves. Like, uh-huh. uh, and you know the way, and you need to interact with your body. It's not like what I told you what to do. You need to observe and to interact with your body, and then you know how to deal with them. Because I'm not like twenty four hours around them, so、mm. uh, they need to give me like enough information so then I can treat them better. Yeah.、Mm, okay. Now I always think that、um, physical therapists,、um, you have to be very, you have to be very strong because <laughs> you're like massaging your patients or doing, you know, using a lot of force to, I don't know, to <laughs> crack their bones. Or, no, actually, that's something else. But、um, you、yeah. know, that I, I, I get that. That's my stereotype of a physical therapist. Is it true? Like you、yeah. have to be strong and. You know, you have to exercise a lot yourself too, so that you can do all that kind of, you know, pushing and you know,、um, like, a therapy on on your patients. Yeah, I think that's true. Cause, really. Uh, so like, if you're thin and you're weak, you can't <laughs> be a physical therapist. You can be a pediatric therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's on the foot. You're saying. Yeah, uh, 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 just for the children. 
Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Pediatric. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, like for me, because my job, I need to stand like eight hours a day. Oh, stand. Yeah. Oh. Normally. Okay. Or like for other physiotherapists, like they work with stroke patients, they uh-huh. sometimes they need to carry them. Oh. So you definitely need to be strong to. Wow. Co-op with your work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I have a friend. She's not very. I mean, she's thin, you know, and she's kind <laughs> of tiny. Um, but she's a. I I forget. She's either occupational therapist or a physical therapist, and there's yeah. a difference, right? Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> okay. Well, what's uh, what's the difference there? Physical mm. physical therapist is you do a lot more with your body to help the patient. Yeah. As opposed to occupational therapist. Uh, because occupational therapists they work more on the functional part. Functional. Like, yeah. Like, uh, for example, if I cannot like ah grab this. Cup, right? Uh, we were physiotherapists will think like, oh, it's your muscle strength or your range of motion is limitations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the occupational therapists they would design like some tools for them to easily grab this cup. Oh. So they care more about the functional parts, oh, like okay. if you can grab the oh, I cup, see. not mm. the body parts. Oh, okay, mm. okay. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Joan Lin, a physical therapist who got her education in Sweden and came back focusing on the issue of aging and health. Well, let's talk about this something else. Um, mm. You know, for the remaining time, is that you're also a yoga therapist uh, on training. So right. yeah. So after you're like you know you complete your training, what would you become a yoga therapist, and what does that mean as、mm. opposed to a physical therapist? Uh, so physical therapist is more about like to treat with the body, like、uh, body functions and stuff. But yoga therapist is more like holistic approach, like、mm. they care more about、uh, the mental part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,、uh, yoga therapist is not like yoga teacher because yoga teacher is more a like to teach you how to do the yoga poses and stuff.、Mm-hmm. But yoga therapist is care about care more about apply yoga philosophy philosophy into like to treat your mental health. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Can you give an example of like what you do when you? When you are in a yoga therapist session,、uh, a therapy、yeah. session, yeah, yeah. So, what do you do? More people like、uh, some people、uh, turn to me because they have like some pain in their like shoulders or back, but it's not only your body parts; it's broken. Sometimes they store some traumas in their body,、uh-huh. so we will.、Uh, Help them to find where's the problem,、uh-huh. and to heal their trauma. Okay. Yeah, or some bad memories. Like for example, like they might need to when they get hurt, like in the back, and they have this negative thoughts. When they have negative thoughts,、yeah. when they hurt their back, and but they have already forgot they have this bad memories. And then, so we have to guide them to pull out those emotions and negative thoughts, and to heal them, then to heal their back. So it's not only because the muscle is too tight or like something with their spine. 
but mm. also with the mental parts. That sounds like the work of a psychologist or or, <laughs> or a psychiatrist. A little bit, yeah. But uh, yoga therapists work more like we also engage movement,、uh-huh. not only to speak out what's wrong with them mentally.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will have some positioning, like.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, poses, posi- poses, and、yeah. they might have some emotions during some specific poses. Oh, yeah. For example, like I can、oh. only think of pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what other emotions they could they would have. Yeah, like for、uh, for example, like I don't have any emotions now. I feel very happy,、uh-huh. but sometimes when I do like back bends, yeah, I feel fear. Oh, and then where are the fears from? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I'm shy and I don't like to speak in front of、uh, the group,、mm-hmm. and I feel judged and stuff. And so when I open up a mind, because when you backbend, your heart is just face the front. Yeah, and a lot of people might feel fear. Oh, and then so we need to cure this part. Like, why do you、uh, feel shy? Maybe it's from your childhood、uh, trauma or. Stuff. Yeah.、Uh, well, actually, Joan, you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking、That's, about myself. Right. Because you you said you used to be shy.、Yeah. You know, don't like to be in crowds and things like that. Yeah. So I mean, that's what was going through with yeah. you yeah. when you were doing this yoga pose where you're you're bending backwards、yeah. and you really felt fear. Yeah, and I feel super uncomfortable, and sometimes I feel angry. Oh.、Okay. Yeah. Like. I feel angry in myself. Like why I cannot do that? So I judge myself also a lot、oh. uh, hmm. in the past. Well, it could be because that your bones are too hard. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you know. You're not soft enough. You know. You're. 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 You're not supple enough, or something like that. Yeah. But um. Well, I'm sure that what you went through、mm. can help other people in the future who might have the same fear as you, right? Yeah. Or go through the same trauma as you, or whatever. Maybe not trauma. Just. You know some, something from childhood or something like that. Yeah. So, what do you think? Is it all right for you to to tell me? What did you find out about you know why you would have those feelings when you were doing the backward bend or whatever? What do you did, what did you find out about yourself? Yeah, I think I found out like I judge myself a lot and why I am shy because I think it's because of my size. I'm like a little bit chubby girl since I'm little,、mm-hmm. and so. I think in the past they have this like if you're a chubby girl you are not pretty. Oh, you're saying were you bullied when you were younger? A little bit bullied、mm. by my like neighborhood or classmate. Yeah,、oh, yeah, yeah. It seems like such a common thing, huh? Yeah, yeah.、Uh, also by the society, like、mm. my relate、uh, relatives, they may told me like you need to lose some weight.、Oh, you don't look good in the、right. size and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't feel like I. So I just want to hide because、mm. I feel safe. Yeah. Wow. So you、mm. actually going to be able to help a lot of people、um, who are in the same situation as you. you yeah.、Uh, so okay. So that's yoga therapy. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, now I started realizing why there are certain poses, yoga poses, that are really difficult to do, and、yeah. you can get scared because if you, you if you feel like you don't have good balance,、mm. especially if you don't have good balance,、mm. then you feel like you can't do those postures, and、yeah. you wonder why other people can do it so well and you can't. You know,、yeah. and and you, and you just want to give up. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very common.、Uh, 
a mentality and I usually told my students like you don't compare with others because everyone has their own journey yeah. in like uh, in your practice so you just need to compare with yourself and mm-hmm. to be kind to yourself because oh, be kind to yourself yeah mm. be kind to yourself it's also a very important practice in yoga like it's not all about I can do like uh, upside downs and uh-huh. also like hands on on, on the floor. Just to, just on your hands. Your whole yeah, body just, is up yeah. in the air and then yeah. you don't, oh, I can never do that. <laughs> that seems or, so difficult. Yeah, but a lot of uh, my students like ask me like, why can I do that? Like I heard a lot of people can do that already. Then mm. why can't I? Mm. But I just say, because everyone has their own journey, like maybe it's not time yet mm-hmm. and you need to listen to your body and to treat them well, to be kind to yourself and don't judge yourself mm. in your practice. Well, thank you so much, Joan. You thank know, I learned you. so much about physical therapy and yoga therapy and I hope you continue to enjoy what you do and I think that you've got a great heart for older people. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you'd like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International. And you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International. (laughs) 